Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of Outside the Screen, a podcast all about screens in the lives of children and families. I'm law professor and child rights advocate Liz Hansley. And I'm child psychiatrist and stand-up comic Dr Kim Lee. We're bringing you the podcast because we know how hard it is to raise children in a technology-centric world and we want to help. What have we got lined up for this episode, Liz? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a French theme this episode. We're going to hear a review of the movie of The Little Prince and we'll be shooting the breeze about the controversial French film Cuties. But up first, we've got... Paper Round, our regular segment where we look at the research that's coming out and demystify it so we can inform your family's decisions about how you engage with screens. Today, we're discussing a study from the US about screen time. Is it all created equal? So stay tuned. As Kim said, today in Paper Round, we're looking at some research out of the University of California, San Diego, about screen use and screen time. Kim, why'd they do this research? Well, because we've got all these guidelines about screen time. Oh, screen times, you know, you got to watch out. It's risky. Uh, you know, only limit your child to one or two hours if they're this age or uh, make sure they have a balanced lifestyle. But no one ever tells you, what about the screen time at school? What about screen time as a leisure activity? Are they created equal? And this paper answers that question. It's actually called, Not, Not All, all screen, screen Time, time is, is Created, created equal. equal. So how'd they do it? How'd they do this research? Well, they essentially asked each child and they got these children from what's called the Millennial Cohort Study a cohort of children of 20,000 kids from 400 different areas in the United Kingdom and they've been following them up, up since 2000, 2001. So they picked them up during a 12-month period. When they were born? Yeah, when yeah. they were born. And now these kids are uh, adolescents and they must have um, picked the data around age 14, 15, so 2014, 2015, and have analysed it since. They also gave them some questionnaires that related to their self-harm depressive symptoms, life satisfaction, and self-esteem. So is that a good range of questions to be asking, do you think, about a child's mental health and well-being? Well, from a psychiatrist's point of view, the self-harm behaviour is something that I'd be interested in because I see a lot of children who are in distress and for whatever reason, they use self-harm as a means to cope. And then you've got things like depressive symptoms, which definitely I'd be interested in. Life satisfaction, hey, why not? That seems like a very well-rounded type question and something that would apply to all kids, whether they suffered from a mental illness or not. And self-esteem, very, very important. Mm, right. Okay. So there's four useful things that they've been asking. Yeah. Especially self-esteem because during the teenage years, that's when you're developing your sense of self, your sense of character, who you are in the world, and whether you have a good sense of self-esteem or low self-esteem can make a difference. Mm, and it can really take a beating during those years, can't it? Definitely. And that probably leads to the next question. What did they find? Were people's self-esteem or other aspects are taking a beating from their screen time? For girls, they found out that social media and internet use was most strongly associated with problematic mental health, generally weaker association for gaming and still weaker association for TV watching. Now, their cutoff for when problems start arising was for girls, problematic mental health often appeared after two hours of use, mm -hmm. while for boys, compromised mental health did not appear until five hours after use. Hmm. And that latter figure, was that relating to gaming or relating to social media or, or just generally screen with time? With all of them combined. Okay, right. And they said with fewer associations with mental health, hmm. significant for gaming and TV watching. Hmm. 
but certainly they do highlight that girls in their teenage years use the internet more for social media than boys mm. and boys will use it more for gaming. Yeah, that's right. But of course, they're only looking at mental health outcomes and, and there are a number of other potential adverse outcomes from screen time, aren't there? You know, we, we need to bear that in mind. There are yeah, things obesity, like, yeah. eye strain, Yeah, not doing your homework. <laughs> yeah. And another interesting thing that they do is that they compare those different screen time activities based on things like whether the device tends to be stationary or portable, uh-huh. um, whether the communication's in real time, right. and it, you know, it, it looks like they it's, it's likely to have a greater impact on well-being if it is in real time rather than, mm-hmm. no, no, a lesser impact if it's in real time. So uh-huh. that communication between kids when they're gaming is less likely to have an impact on their mental well-being than the asynchronous kind of things on Instagram or Facebook where you post a photo and mm. wait to see if you're getting likes or see yeah. what people say, that kind and of stuff. And there's a little bit more permanency with a post as opposed to a yeah. game that you just lost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 And someone might have said something like, you know, oh, you idiot, you missed that thing in the game, but you just, yep. you move on. Exactly. Even if it weren't a game, just anything like, you know, if, if I were to say to you, oh, you know, gee, Kim, you didn't do that right, then you'd say, oh, you're fine, and we'd just keep talking uh-huh. and it'd be all right. Yep. Whereas if you were off in your room on your own and mm-hmm. left to sit there and stew over what yeah. I've said, yep. it's likely to have a greater impact on you. Yeah, definitely. Not that I'd ever talk to you like that. Yeah, obviously. maybe we should have a gaming session together sometime. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. Internet cafe. Yeah. I'll teach you the ropes. Oh, that, they'd, um, they'd all crowd around and look at us. They'd be so fascinated. <laughs> but then they also look at things like how anonymous communication is. You know, that that's obviously mm-hmm. going to be a big one that yeah. you need to look out for. How permanent it is, like we were just talking about. Yeah. How many people are involved in the communication and what type of device is used. And I just uh-huh. love the idea of giving parents those ideas to think about and those yeah. sort of bigger, broader, maybe vaguer ideas about what's going on. But mm-hmm. it just it gives you a way of piecing together a picture of what kind of experience yeah. your son or daughter's having. Yeah. And opens up a conversation that, yeah. that you can have. And you know, like yeah. we keep saying, it is all about the conversation that you have yeah. with your children. Yeah. So was there anything surprising about the finding? Did it fit in with what you already know? For me, the surprising bit was the, I guess, weak effect of gaming. Huh. Excessive gaming. Yeah. Because clinically, we're always looking for the negative consequences of gaming, whether it be excessive spending on money, stealing money, aggression or violence poor grades, loss of job. Mm, but that's not mm. what they're testing for in this study, is it? No. That, that wasn't any of the criteria that they were looking well, at. Well, I guess uh, I guess it could be related to life satisfaction maybe. Yeah, but if you're addicted to something and you're getting plenty of access to that thing, you're satisfied, aren't you? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, will the finding affect your practice as a psychiatrist? Oh, definitely. This will help me to communicate the idea that not all screen time is created equal. How can the research inform parenting or caring for children? I guess it's going to help parents make a decision about whether they get a smartphone for their kids. It's going to help parents make a decision about whether they open up an account for their kids in social media. Mm. And hopefully parents with younger children are starting to think, right, well, you know, we need to be planning ahead for this Mm. kind of thing, thinking, Mm. well, you know, when is the right time to give the child a phone and what kind of conversation do we have at that time and and Uh so on. And also, as we keep saying, how do we model our own screen use? To help our kids develop healthy habits. Yeah, we've got how many screens in this room right now? We've got five screens. <laughs> We're in a open. studio. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's allowed. <laughs> but anyway.
Well, there are a couple of pretty interesting tips from Kim about how to make the most of screen time. The paper was by Jean Twinge and Eric Farley. The title is Not All Screen Time is Created Equal, Associations with Mental Health Vary by Activity and Gender. It was published in the journal Social Psychiatry and Psychiatric Epidemiology. Full details in the show notes. Now it's time for our movie review, and Daniela is going to take us a little bit off the beaten track, or maybe not so far if you're a fan of philosophical French children's literature. Yes, Daniela starts by telling us just what kind of film it is. It was an animated film called The Little Prince on Netflix. It follows a little girl, maybe 10 years old, who has to spend her summer holidays studying really, really hard to get into one of the best colleges in town. But because she's left alone most of the time, she soon gets distracted and makes friends with her peculiar neighbor, who is an elderly aviator and lives in this crazy, wonderful, bright and untidy house next door. And he starts telling her about a time when he was a young man, crashed his plane in the Sahara Desert and met the little prince. And along with the story about the little prince, he also teaches her a lot of other life lessons about how important it is to stay young at heart, to um, have priorities like spending time with loved ones. And the film really is full of lovely positive messages like friendship and that people close to you even if they're gone or if they're far away you can keep them safe in your heart. Now the film gets very 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 sad at times there are very sad goodbye and parting scenes throughout the movie. There are also some references um, to suicide and loved ones dying so I would say it's not recommended for children who are very sensitive to the topic of goodbyes and loved ones dying. Um, I would rate this film suitable for families with pre-teens or uh, teenage children also for adults it's a lovely movie the animations the music is wonderful uh, it's really inspiring. The messages are great, but there are some yeah, really sad scenes and also a couple of scary, dark and gloomy scenes um, that definitely warrant some parental guidance for children under 11. And I would say it's probably a bit too full on emotional and very sad for children under nine. But I can highly recommend this film. It's beautiful and can give parents a good opportunity to discuss what's really important in life and that it's normal for everyone to go through some sad times but um, the main message is you can only see rightly with the heart. Thanks Daniela and when Daniela talks about the ACCM website that's childrenandmedia.org.au you can find the reviews by clicking on the Movie Reviews tab. Then you can sort the list or search by title alphabetically, by age suitability, by classification or by date added. 
All of the reviews are prepared by people with training in child development and they cover every G and PG title released in Australian cinemas since 2002, as well as selected M-rated movies and some that are available on streaming services like that one. There are also reviews of game-style apps and apps that may appeal to young children. Again, it's www.childrenandmedia.org.au. You might also like to join the CMA Facebook community, which is facebook.com forward slash Australian Council on Children and the Media, or one word. More details later on how to keep in touch and give feedback. Now it's time to have a chat about our policy development of the day. We both watched the French movie Cuties and tried to figure out if all that controversy was justified. One of the big media controversies of 2020 was the release on Netflix of the French film Les Mignons, or Cuties. It seems a lot of people more or less jumped to the conclusion that it was a highly inappropriate film because the promos showed for very young girls dressed up in hypersexualized outfits. But if you scratch the surface, you find something quite different. So we're going to take some time now to talk it through. The film is set in modern day Paris, where Amy, a young Senegalese girl, starts at a new school and falls in with three others who have a dance group called Mignon, or Cuties. Amy's father is away in Senegal, marrying his second wife, whom he plans to bring back to live with the family. And it's clear there are very strong expectations on her as a girl in her culture. Meanwhile, she looks to the internet for dance inspiration and the people the girls start to copy are a bit older than 12. Won't give any more away, but... Let's have a chat about that, Kim. How did you first hear about the film? What impression did you get? The first time I actually heard about this was actually watching a comedian's live Instagram story talking about it. Now, I didn't really pay much attention to the content about their discussion in particular, but they did mention this word cuties, mm-hmm. and I think it did pop up on my social media feed a few times. Mm. Yeah, and and did you get that impression that it was going to be something really controversial? And Yeah, it had that sort of feel to it, mm. and there was a little bit of a buzz, and then, of course, you brought it up, and I thought, okay, let's check it out, yeah. and I read into it a bit more. Yeah, and, and I had the same thing. I, my immediate reaction was, oh, my God, what are they doing with these young girls? And then... You watch the film, quite different. Um, and particularly, the, the thing that really got me going was I just saw the video of the dance routine that they do towards the end. Yep. Don't want to give away too much, don't want mm. to be spoilers, but they do this really, really full-on dance routine that even if you saw grown women doing it, you'd be saying, come on, do yeah. I really need to be seeing that? And there are all these you know, four prepubescent girls doing it. So it's quite, um, quite troubling to mm. see. But once you see the film... It makes it very clear where the girls got those dance moves from. Uh-huh. And and that just changes the whole story to me. They got it online. Yep. You, know, you actually see her looking up online, finding mm-hmm. a grown woman making those kinds of moves and deciding, right, mm. okay, I'm going to do that. So that's the story. It's a, yeah. it's a story about how girls take their cues from what they're seeing grown-up women doing. And unless they're, they're given a context in which to think about that, then they can run into some difficulty. Yeah. Were there other things you learnt about the film when you watched it that hadn't been made clear in the debate surrounding it? Well, the cultural aspects of it, I think, was really interesting. The cultural clash between the Senegalese background. They looked like they were, you know, first-generation immigrants and the modern-day dilemma for teenage girls and the whole idea of talking to other people online, taking photos of people, slut-shaming, so many different themes all rolled into one. I think the takeaway message is really that the internet has so much information and, you know, when a person, young person gets access to that, they have access to everything. So it's like you either 
don't give them access or you supervise them or you have a conversation about it. Yeah. And yet when you look at the situation that Amy was in and the situation her mother was in, she wasn't really in a position to have that kind of conversation because there was so no. much else going on in her life, wasn't there? Yeah. That, that was the really sad part of it. Yeah. It was a, a challenging movie to watch though, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it definitely challenged my point of view. And in, in I mean, I watched it in bits and pieces, read about it and then watched it again. Mm-hmm. So my first reaction was, Oh, um, am I a pervert or something like that? Being a male watching this, this is kind of weird. Like, even my, I watched it with my, my partner and she was like, why are you watching this? I'm like, well, it's, it's research. <laughs> um, but there's, there are those scenes in the movie, you know, when they meet the, sec- the security guards um, mm. and they, win, they find out that they got into the finals. That was a big moment there. And, and uh, also when she walks into the school and she's dressed up and then a boy actually approaches and says, oh, hey, you're looking good. But she just ignores him and they just goes straight to her friends. So... There's a lot of adult sort of themes, but underlying it all, there's definitely a lot of, you know, young, genuine sort of innocence sort of yeah. approach to it. Yeah. Well, it's basically a modern coming of age movie, mm-hmm. isn't it? And it, it's that, that I think it does a really good job of juxtaposing the very traditional life that she's living yeah. and, and the, the culture that she's in, all the pressures on her on account of that yeah. um, with the the pressures on account of being a, a preteen girl in the early 20th century in Western society. And um, I think it was also interesting how the director is of, also of Singhalese background yeah. and doing some reading around that, they really prepared the, the kids with a psychologist. I'm not sure what they did with them exactly, but I guess they would have tried to explain to them why they're doing the mm. movie and the context around that. Mm. And they also mentioned that the parents were activists. So I'm not sure what they meant by that really, but it sounds like the parents were really supportive of the kids. And I think that shows in terms of their acting. I was really quite impressed by the acting yeah, for, such the- an, for, for each such a young actresses yeah the girls were really great everyone in it was really great i I just think everything about the film was really really excellent and Mm. even that um that dance scene while it's very very uncomfortable to watch (laughs) and you know as i said if i were watching grown women be doing that i'd be saying to myself come on do they are doing it yeah yeah exactly and what we keep coming back to is that Young girls, young boys will encounter stuff that they're not necessarily quite ready for. But mm. you know, that, that's not a reason to throw your hands up and just give in. That There are conversations that you can have if you have the time and the, the wherewithal, which I know not everybody has. But um, it would be really great to think that we could support people and support parents in um, getting access to the information that they need and the ideas that they need to talk through with their kids. Because you know, we do know from research that... If parents watch content with their kids and talk it through with them, then that can mitigate all sorts of of, uh, negative consequences of the content. So what are the sorts of things that that one might want to talk with one's kids about if you were thinking of watching this with them? Yeah, interesting. Um, See, I don't know what age you'd start allowing, like what age do you think? If it's a matter of a a parent or a family saying Mm. that there's some really interesting ideas in here, or, you know, if the child has heard about the movie and really, really wants to see it, then... What I would be wanting to say is, okay, this is a movie about a really troubled girl who makes some really bad choices. Mm. And you can put her choice to do that kind of dancing in the context with a few other, um, in, the, in the context of a few other bad choices that she makes yep. in the course of the movie. And yep. to show, you know, this is a girl who is really, really upset about what's going on yep. in her life. And I don't know if it was just me, but that was what really came home to me watching it that I hadn't picked up from the stuff I'd read about the movie was just 
how upsetting it was for her that her father was marrying another woman mm. and bringing her to live with them. Mm. You know, he, they, they were going to have a second wife in their family. Yeah. Yep. I can imagine myself at 12 or 13. I would have felt pretty strongly about that. And it seems to me like that's what the story is. It's her acting out because of this mm-hmm. very deeply troubling stuff going yep. on in her family. And you could talk to your kids about that. How would you feel? How would you feel if someone else were coming to live in our family? Mm. And could just sort of relate it to the child's own life and say, well, you know, would you really want to do this? You know, what, what would the consequences be if, if you were to get mixed up in this kind of thing, that kind of stuff, just get get the child thinking about it. Yeah. And um, once you're having that conversation, it, it's likely to end up being a much healthier experience all yeah. around, I would think. Yeah. Well, I, did, I did notice some of the acting out scenes in there. But the takeaway that I really got from the movie was the fact that she really wanted to connect with her neighbour, the friend, that lived in the same building. And for teenagers, it's such a big developmental milestone. Uh, you know, the friendships and the social circles and the need for connection. Yeah. And I think that's a good light and dark, um, like you said, the juxtaposition with um, the shaming mm-hmm. and slut shaming. So the, the whole idea of shaming someone and, you know, the mother says, you humiliated me and, you know, I wish you were dead. You know, all those kind of comments are there to cut someone off to to kind of control them and to get them to behave the way you want them to behave. So I think the takeaway in terms of discussing it with your child is really, you know, what is shame? How does that affect someone? How does that ostracize someone? Yeah. What are you trying to, what's the purpose of doing that? And I think when the emotion gets mixed into that, that can really confuse people. But I think um, I've seen it in terms of the kids that I see, um, teenagers being bullied and cyber bullied and called, names you know slut shaming and comments about the way they dress their hair their makeup or earrings or anything like that and i think the image that we put out there is part of our identity and i think um the dancing for her was you know the competition side of things but really the competition meant being a part of a group yeah yeah it's a sort of a perfect storm isn't it Mm. where she's part of a group and they're involved in a competition, so they have this lovely bonding aspect to their situation because mm. they, they've got yep. a, a common goal, which yeah. is what makes it a really nice thing to be <laughs> a part of for her. And you can see how coming to a new school and being from a racial and eth- ethnic minority, that's you know, really beautifully affirming for her yep. to, to be connected with these other girls. And yet, you know, there's this price to pay as yeah. well. But yeah, one last comment. Yeah, I did notice how the actual group actually shamed her towards the end because mm. she did you know, according to them, crossed the line by posting that picture, the explicit mm. picture in the movie and how that ruined their reputation mm-hmm. and how social media judged her. But I think that's the other danger of the internet mm-hmm. is being judged by the community, being judged by strangers, being judged by everyone, yeah. all eyes on you. You know, you might have done one small mistake and we make mistakes all the time, but to have your dirty laundry aired to everyone and having no control over that, I think that's oh, yeah. the really damaging part. And no one really sort of commented on that because it wasn't on the poster you know everyone saw the posters with the Mm. dance clothes but they didn't see the scene or talk about the scene where she actually you know posted something explicit which you know is yeah a a genuine concern yeah and and it is very clear in the movie that that was a big mistake on her Mm. part and she pays dearly for it yeah and that's a really sort of positive healthy lesson and and Mm -hmm. conversation starter for if you wanted to watch that movie with a young person but yeah you need to be able to take it in the context of all the other stuff as well 
Well, yeah, really interesting movie and yeah, certainly for, worth yeah. thinking about. And um, you know, if people want to see it with their kids, you know, th- there is plenty that you can talk about and just take it from there and um, you may be able to have quite a positive experience. Yeah, thanks for suggesting that movie to me. Oh, well, you know, Kim, I'm, I'm full of good ideas, <laughs> as are you. Well, that's about all we have time for today. Yes, that's a wrap for episode four. We'd really love to have your feedback, so please keep in touch, either through our Facebook page or you can email us at outsidethescreenpod at gmail.com. You can also catch up on all things gaming addiction on my website, cgiclinic.com, or even book an appointment for me to have a consultation with you and your child. Or if you really like us, you can help by becoming a subscriber on Substack. Details are in the show notes along with a range of further info about the things we've been discussing. Finally, you can rate and review us on your listening platform to make it easier for others to find us. And this this has been been the team from Outside the Screen. See you next week.